Hi, my name is Jen. I'm a holistic nurse practitioner, and I'm here to tell you that your body can heal. I've healed eight different chronic and autoimmune conditions that had me bedridden sick with little hope for my future in my 20s. I've created this podcast to inspire you and give you the tools to heal your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit, and your life. This podcast is for patients, practitioners, and people who want to listen from the place where spirit and science meet. As we heal our body, we have a body that moves well, thinks well, loves well, and that is a body we want to be in for this life to carry out our soul's work. I'm so glad you're here tuning in with us. Now let's get to this week's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Inspire Health by Jen podcast. This week, I am sitting down to give all of womankind a little pep talk, okay? If you are trying to conceive, if you're pregnant, if you're breastfeeding, or you undoubtedly know someone who is, I want to invite you into a world unknown to most women, a world where possibilities for pregnancy exist no matter what, a world where trouble trying to conceive doesn't result in an IVF sentence if that's not what the mom wants, a world where you feel so sure of your body's ability to birth and breastfeed your baby in God's design, not even the power of the earth could shake this belief from you. I want to invite you into this world of creating your dream pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding experience because it will involve you walking through a secret door. Yes, imagine Alice in Wonderland theme here. There's a secret door into this world. And I want to invite you into this magical motherhood world because the majority of your doctors, nurses, and family members won't even know to let you know that it exists. And that is why we are here today. So before we journey into this world together, first, imagine you're taking my proverbial hand so I can show you the world that I came from as a nurse, nurse practitioner, doula. I spent my early career as a nurse, have been involved in birth work and involved in supporting women for the last decade. And for many of you that know me on the show, it's functional medicine, it's energy healing, it's hormones, but this is like actually the origin of the human body and intuition and trusting and wanting to know more and wanting to go against the grain where I came from. I remember in nursing school, I had a preceptor named Tiffany and I was at a hospital and she was the labor and delivery precepting nurse for us. And she, she was part of the, the university faculty. And when she started to talk and little did I know, she was like this angel in, in disguise in the, in the nursing world that was like totally against the grain <laughs> for somehow, and some reason she was was our professor for that class. And she really opened my eyes. She started talking about considering alternatives to circumcision and epidurals and Pitocin, like in nursing school. And I was like, I don't even know what this means, but something about when she would speak would jazz me up and light me up and I could stay with her. I remember being there one day from 6am 
to 9.30 p.m. at the hospital with her because I just couldn't get enough. And we were in the mom's room helping her deliver her baby. We were, I was asking questions. She was, we were just, we would walk laps around this hospital and I just could ask her anything. And she really opened my eyes to what is possible for women. Now I didn't know what I didn't know and I hadn't gone through my own journey. So I like knew that was available, but after being under her teaching, I was like, I'm going to do this one day. And I did. I spent my early career as a nurse in a level four NICU taking care of some really sick babies. I could never really wrap my head around. So coming from Tiffany's teachings, going into this level four NICU, this high level hospital, I could never fully wrap my head around why these babies had such a hard start to life. And I hated that most were so heavily medicated at just a few minutes old. And for some, it has to happen and it saves their life. But there was like something in me that was like, oh, this doesn't feel congruent. This doesn't feel in alignment. I knew I was called to be there. Now I can see why. I loved that job. And I worked so hard to get it. And I couldn't believe I got it when I did. And it was amazing. And so working in this NICU, I started to become intrigued with reading the birth history and the baby's chart. So the the baby, when you went to work and you got your patient report, you would sit down with the nurse who was on the shift before you and you get report and she tells you everything that's going on. She tells you the history and she might mention one or two sentences from this blue binder birth history. And I started to become really fascinated with reading the birth history. Like the nurse would be like, hello, like I'm trying to give a report. And I'd be like in the spinder, like what happened to this baby? And now I know why it's really clear. I was learning about this baby's history and the birth for a reason. And so the nurse would be giving me a report and I'd be just like eyeballs deep into how the baby got here. And I was so fascinated with what mom went through or had experienced in her own body before baby arrived. Sometimes it would include like mom's history, like history of PCOS or history of thyroid or history of, you know, mom didn't have prenatal care or mom didn't have a home when, when she was pregnant or whatever, you know, domestic violence. Like there was just, you never knew the situation. And for most of these babies, if mom would have had a better health or a better birth, it appeared likely that the baby could have avoided a NICU stay just a few hours after birth. Not always, but there were so many cases that I could imagine if we would have been able to swim up the river and catch her from falling in, we wouldn't be here downstream with baby, with mom, with a really, really hard situation. And it was heartbreaking for these mamas to have to surrender their precious newborn baby to the radiant warmers, the IV pumps, the sterile gloves of the hospital intensive care nursery. These mamas wanted to be home skin to skin in God's design with their babies, nursing into oblivion of oxytocin la la land. But instead they were rocking in a cold hospital rocker about two feet from the infant's hospital bed. And they would drift asleep by the sound of beeping hospital alarms, covered up with our quilts. So what happened? This is where I want to invite you deeper into the birth machine. I have witnessed ravaged mother's ideal experiences by three main points, but please note something. This whole 
testimony, this whole episode, is a summarized synopsis of the cases I saw along with the education I have now. This article is in no way intended to diagnose, treat, make medical recommendations. This podcast is not intended to take place of your individual consultation of an experienced provider. So just know that as we move forward. Okay, so I'm going to talk about three main points to help you wrap your head around this invitation. I'm inviting you into what seems like a fantasy land of how your experience as a woman can be. Let me use these three main points to show you what I've learned. If you've been on the show, you know where I'm at now and the world that I come from in medicine and what I've seen. And I've seen the most beautiful and the most heartbreaking birth experiences. Working in a level four NICU was one completely different experience than being a doula and a labor and delivery nurse at a birth center. Two very different places, but these are the themes that I've seen prevail no matter the location. And a little spoiler alert, it actually doesn't matter where you give birth. There are some things that are more important for your holistic pregnancy, whatever that means to you. Okay, so let's dive in. Number one, the majority of mamas with teeny weeny little ones in the hospital just after delivery were not educated, they were not informed, nor were they empowered about their own bodies. 23-week-old babies just aren't born spontaneously unless mama's body is having a hard and tough time carrying the pregnancy. And ironically, allopathic medicine does not hold all of the answers. Shocker. (laughs) And sometimes bed rest just isn't going to cut it or a cervical procedure. Think root cause, guys. That's what I mean, like, when looking these blue binders, I'm like, surely you thought showing, like, Sewing her cervix shut would fix all this. Okay. I didn't have the answers, but I was like, something just is backwards. Oftentimes these moms are experiencing extreme hormonal imbalance. I'll cue all the episodes up until this point on this show and would benefit from immediate bioidentical progesterone therapy. Hey, I've seen it save twins. I'll leave it at that along with a complete overhaul in their routine OB visits. I mean, have you had, imagine a world where you go into your OB and they do the necessary checks and measures and thank you obstetricians and physicians for keeping our moms and babies safe and doing all that you do, because it's actually not your fault. Just what we talked about on the show, it's the system, not the person. But can you imagine in your provider visits, you're getting nutritional therapy, pelvic floor training, nervous system healing, connecting to your baby, intuition tools. I mean, this is like this fantasy world that you can live in. But I promise you, if you're paying through insurance or part insurance, part out of pocket, you won't get this right now. We're working, we're trying to change the medical system and we are. But the fact of the matter is if you want something different, you're going to have to go through the secret trap door, the Alice in Wonderland candy lane board game with shoots and ladders. It's We're going to have to take a different route. And like I said, you can still birth where you're going to birth and feed where you're going to feed and do things your way. But these are the things you need to know. Okay. My second point. So the moms and the babies 
that I was taking care of in this level four intensive care nursery, which just means an ICU and intensive care unit for babies. They wouldn't put the babies on the same unit as, as the adults because adults and babies, I mean, even the, the IVs and the lines, like the needles that we use are so, so small in those babies. The needles that you would use on an adult is like, is actually the size, the diameter of the blood vessel of the infant. So NICU, these, this is what I'm talking about. These moms, these babies in this NICU, why they were there. These mamas were not educated, informed, or empowered about their own birth. Fear and time constraints are the narratives of the modern birth world. It's all about money, money, money. The current model teaches women their bodies are dependent on interventions to birth without complications instead of this transparent truth. Many times it's the cookie cutter conveyor belt of a birth system that is pumping Pitocin into mom's body before baby is ready to be born and surgically removing infants unnecessarily. Listen, I have seen it happen. A preconceived notion that a mama was putting her baby at jeopardy because she chose to not start labor recommended time for spontaneously ruptured membranes, which just means there's a little bit of a rule that if your water breaks, this is when you have to go in and you can actually advocate for something different if that is what your education and your intuition feels is best. So I've seen it happened that the physicians had a preconceived notion that a mom was putting her baby at jeopardy because she chose not to start labor artificially after her water broke. The baby was in what I determined. So we got to the hospital. I was the jewel at this point and moms hooked up to the monitor were watching baby, which there's a whole thing with continuous fetal monitoring. Meaning, I mean, think about it before. I don't know what year it was. We weren't always hooked up to monitors giving birth. It can be a very beautiful thing that saves lives. And the evidence actually supports it not being always necessary. Evidencebasedbirth.org is a really great resource if, if some things are sparking and lighting up as I'm talking. However, this mama was hooked up because she advocated for something that was different than their time constraints and different than their model. Cause again, this birth machine gets like a conveyor belt, like everyone's on the same algorithm. It's not personalized. It's, and she was like, Hey, actually buy the evidence and what I've read. And I'm taking my temps at home and I'm monitoring baby ticks and I'm doing my own heart checks and I'm coming in for my biophysical profile. Like she was doing all the things and she still went in for labor to start at a good time. She advocated and then labor kicked in. And so we're there. She's well into labor and her baby was in what I determine appropriate fetal distress during contractions. And because this provider had it in her mind from the start that this baby was going to be unwell because of mom's choice not to be induced after her water broke, this is the provider's own brainwashing from her own education, at 10 centimeters and hundred percent of face. So if you're like not in the birth world, like the mom was the, the labor was over. She just had to push the whole contractions are a time that creates it's concretes, um, constriction. It's a muscle 
and that squeezes in your uterus to dilate your cervix to allow that 10 centimeter noggin of your baby or so to come through. So all of that hard and what can create the sensations, the intensity of labor, she had went through that. So we're all the way there. And the doctor asked the mom to elect for a C-section because the baby was having perceived complications of stress and fever. And I was there watching the monitor and I'm not the physician, but I've been to hundreds of births. And I was like, this baby is fine. And I, and as a doula, you, there's a way to support moms in the birth process and advocate without being conflicting. And so just know that you might feel a little bit in your body, especially if you have your own birth traumas or triggers, like why didn't Jen say something, blah, 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 blah. And I'll get into that. Just know like the situation was what it was and everyone did the best they could. So instead of a few more pushes, they rushed mom to the OR and baby was born via C-section, perfectly healthy with no fever, no signs of distress. The baby only had a tiny little scrape on their face because of the scalpel of the, of the surgery. And I could not believe what I was seeing as the doula mom and dad did ask me, they're like, Jen, what should we do? And as a doula, it's our role to never give suggestions and never say, well, here, here's what you should do. Instead, we inform and we empower and actually medical providers and doctors and nurses should be doing this, but the hierarchy and the patriarchy in the medical system is very strong. And it's, this is not how it is right now. So doulas, we inform and we empower based on evidence on both sides of the coin. So we're basically like a library book and we're like, here, here's the information. And mom, this was such a hard moment. Mom looked at me and she said, Hey, I know my baby's fine. And I also feel like this doctor won't deliver him without a C-section. We had asked the provider to just step out for literally 30 seconds. Cause they were watching that baby like a hawk. And so mom and dad tried talking to the provider again. And the doctor told them, mom, literally, this was her stern voice. Mom, you're burning baby's precious time here. And I was disgusted to say the least. And the parents knew full well what had occurred. Something I want to say for those who know me locally and have known like where I go for births, I've seen the most beautiful births happen at this very same hospital. So it was not a matter of place. So sure, as the doula, I could have advocated further, but to who? When the head hospitalist, Hancho, literally is running the show and there to deliver this baby because the on-call doc was not around, who are we going to talk to? The birth business is a broken system that we can empower ourselves with information before we enter the system so we feel safe no matter where we bring our babies into the world. And that is what we're talking about today. Okay. Let me make something really super crystal clear before we, we go on to the next point. Point number three, I have seen the best births in a hospital, right? And I have seen and heard of beautiful births in the home and at a birth center. To me, I literally don't think there is one gold standard of location. I think it depends on the woman, but here's what's going on. And I want to tell you another story there's power and story to just help you understand the narrative of what's going on behind the birth scenes so that you, if you're considering various options to where you want to give birth, 
that you understand maybe where some of the stigma and narrative and biases are coming from, from the mainstream medical system. Okay. So the majority of these moms had succumbed to obstetrician invoked home birth stigma. So the moms that had too many interventions, had too many cooks in the kitchen, things, people started meddling in their body and birth and things didn't go well. And that landed baby, a one-way ticket to the NICU. Here's the story. I remember sitting bedside one night working in the NICU while a few nurses joked about the home birth patient that was being transferred to our unit from a rural hospital. And just another note, if you know my past and know where I've been, this is not a reflection of all nurses on the unit in this hospital for sure. Solely the few that were involved in this conversation. And I was a brand new nurse at the time. And so I'm sitting there, we're all chatting. I'm listening to these preceptors talk. And one of them said, she goes, the midwife was probably blowing bubbles in the home birth pool while the baby was unconscious without a clue. They were just scoffing at home birth, scoffing at the midwives saying like, these providers are incompetent. This is just a lack of a better word, a shit show coming in is literally the words they used like, Oh, another home birth. And something struck me as off about this statement very early in my nursing career, having no education surrounding alternative birth locations for women. Even my really amazing preceptor, Tiffany was talking about hospital and alternatives in hospital. I don't actually think she was allowed to say much more. Anyways, the statement just was off to me. The situation felt off the way mom and the midwife came with the midwife was bagging the baby. And if you're in the nursing world, so providing resuscitation efforts from home to hospital, from rural hospital, the midwife and the parents were there and they were treated poorly. (laughs) I couldn't believe it. And now I can see the message clearly portrayed. If you give birth anywhere, but in the hospital, you are uneducated as a mom or incompetent as a provider. And ugh, what a narrative we're birthing our children into, right? So why do I think this stigma exists? It's not due to the nurses' bedside conversations in NICUs around the country, actually. Just as any system can become faulty, so has our birth system. In several adept countries around the world, home birth is not a socioeconomic symbol because in some countries it's it's seen as glamorous and in some it's seen as you don't have means to other care. In several adept countries around the world, midwives are not inferior providers. There's no hierarchy of midwives and obstetricians. It's just, these are the different providers. These are their different roles. We're sitting shoulder to shoulder. And in several adept countries around the world, doulas aren't unrecognized volunteers. (laughs) Doulas are certified, trained professionals, paid professionals that don't get looked at as, oh, your BFF or your sister that just wanted to come to your birth and hold your hand. Doulas are incredibly smart and they have to be, to be a good, strong doula with a successful business, you have to be very educated, very unbiased and very empathetic and you will do well. And those who have really strong opinions one way or another, I've seen dualists who are too far into, I'd say the bias and the narrative opposite of what we're talking about today 
to where it's really caused detriment to moms. Home birth, midwives, doulas, all three are rooted in sacred feminine practices and ancient medicine secrets that have birthed humankind into this world long before the birth machine was built. But let's back up a second. And modern medicine is a beautiful thing. I'll say it time and time again. Our fallen world has morphed women's bodies into physiological abnormal states. I have seen cesarean sections save mom and baby. So that's opposed to the story I just told. I have seen 21-week-old babies live healthy lives after NICU interventions that saved them. We need our hospitals. Rather, our birth world is incredibly disorderly with a backwards hierarchy of birthing needs. Because let's face it, our food, our air, our water, and our hustle-bustle society are all crashing progesterone levels, shortening cervixes, attributing to symphys pubis dysfunction, impeding vaginal birth to name just a few complications that we see and that women get frustrated with and feel like their body is inferior and that's not the truth. But it's only practical that we must create, and we have created a medical system that can help take care of our dysfunction from the toxicity, the pathogens, the hustle bustle, the stress, our bodies are out of alignment. And we've done that. We've created a medical system that can take care of our dysfunction. However, the system has replaced the normative idea that birth is a natural and normal process within female physiology and only needs to be intervened with when a problem presents itself. That's the truth. Birth is a normal, natural process within female physiology, and it only needs to be intervened with when a problem presents itself. Yet we have nitrile gloves, wrist deep in women's bodies way too often doing way too many checks and interventions. And Pitocin is offered to a mom in the parking lot and a nervous mom when she's one day past her due date and not yet experiencing labor, give her 24 more hours, she's going to go, right? Maybe she needs a week more for that baby to fully develop. Babies aren't pizzas. (laughs) It's a really good book if you haven't read it. We see moms condemned for declining interventions post-birth for their babies, whether it's a medical intervention or a a medication for them, a medical intervention or a medication for baby. And moms are left in the dark about how their bodies are truly designed to produce human milk. I get emails, instant messages, texts all the time from moms who are like, no one has told me different but here's what everyone's saying I need to do. All the doctors are saying, da, 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 da. Here's what I need to do for my baby. I don't want to do that. Am I a bad mom? Am I going to ruin their chances for getting into school? Is baby going to be sick? What if we get in a car accident and I don't give that X, Y, Z thing? You know what's best for your baby. With the preparation, education, and empowerment, you will make good decisions. A woman gives birth best where she's most educated, empowered, and at ease. And this is going to look very different for each and every single mom. And this is going to look different for her post-birth and pre-birth interventions for herself and her baby. The least we can do is offer her the various options without hierarchy or judgment. I do not envy parents in that the moment your baby is born, they're asking, can we put, you know, can we do this to the eyes? Can we do this? for the circumcision? Can we give these kinds of injections? Can we take your baby? Do you want your baby bathed? Like mom's just like, oh my gosh, I just went through all this. Can I hold my baby? Can I feed my baby? Those are the two best things you can do. 
and then have all the information on both sides, the evidence-based research and the case studies and other opinions, testimonies, information that you can gather. So you're like, okay, I understand. Cause I promise you, you're just going to get one narrative in the hospital, but a hospital can be a really great place to have a baby. So if you feel like your pregnancy birth and breastfeeding education has not been diversified nor personalized to your preferences, you are not alone. Okay. And a little bonus for this episode, I want to get into three things specifically to know for your holistic pregnancy. So we talked about the three themes, but here are three tangible, tactical takeaways I want you to know for your holistic pregnancy. Number one, your baby, your rule book. You can have as many or as little medical interventions as you would like. So let's talk about an epidural because it's kind of the one that most women know about. Some women are going to be like, hey, hook me up in the parking lot. And that's great. If you're like my nervous system, my psyche, I'm going to feel so much more empowered about my birth. If I can take away the element of pain, great. Some women are going to feel like I don't want that medication in my system. I don't want it in baby system. I want a super alert baby. I want to be able to move and walk around. That's how I'm going to manage the sensations. That is great. I have seen epidurals save a birth and I have seen epidurals slow down a birth leading to great and not so great outcomes. So one thing that I want you to remember for doulas, nurses, moms, adoptive moms that are going to support the biological birth mother in the process, an epidural, sometimes if a woman is getting to her absolute breaking point, she's been in labor for 48 hours, 24 hours, 72 hours, she's exhausted. There's a lot of issues going on. And I see this normally playing with nutrition. So many of us are on low carb diets and like our glycogen stores are tapped. It's like trying to work out when you have nothing left. An epidural can relax mom's body and allow her to have fluids or just rest. And during that rest, her body relaxes enough to where her body, her cervix can completely open and she can be ready to have a baby instead of a C-section. I've seen it happen many of times. Or we can see the opposite, that an epidural was given too soon because of the birth machine algorithm, and it left mom with little confidence in herself and her ability, and she was constricted, she felt trapped, she felt confused, she wasn't able to move, and her birth went in another direction than she had originally hoped. Number one, that was your baby, your rule book, in a lot of words. Number two, you can give birth wherever you feel most safe. Mammals are statistically proven to have better birth outcomes where they perceive safety. I will link the study in the show notes. So in nature, when a laboring animal feels threatened or disturbed, we are animals, we are mammals, you and me, baby, you know the song, the stress hormone catecholamine shuts down labor. Similarly, when a laboring woman does not feel safe or protected, or when the progress of her normal labor is altered, catecholamine levels rise and labor slow down or stops. So I grew up on a farm and my mom and dad are like the sheep, um, OB and midwife of the Midwest. 
They know how to run an efficient and effective sheep birthing process. Okay. So, and I was trained, I mean, when I was five and six years old, I would, they'd be like, Hey, Jenny, go check for lambs. And I was trained to trained to look for a cervical mucus on the female use on the sheep. And I was trained to look for babies that hadn't been born. I was trying to look for um, birth sacs, placentas. I just knew the signs or the signs of the laboring mom. She started to lean on things or started to go off by herself and lay down. And there are many a times I remember it. I mean, sheep, it's so inconvenient. They give for most of them, the way most farmers do it is the sheep give birth in the winter. <laughs> so if you don't catch them in time, they're out in the, in the regular barnyard and these babies are born on a frozen ground and it does not take long to not go well. So about every two or three hours, you go do lamb checks. And as you can imagine, a family of four, you're just going to start sharing duties. So I would go out there and I'd be looking around. And one thing that we did that is going with this point number two about mammals are going to give birth best where they feel safe as, as we, we had due dates too. So this, I was not going to get into this in depth about sheep, but here you go. So the rams, the male animals in the fall, when they are the male sheep going to breed the females, they basically jump on their back and inseminate them. The males wear a crayon harness. So like underneath their sternum is a crayon. And when they come off of the back of the female, she gets a mark. And during breeding season, you go out every day and you look and you, the use all sheep have like number tags. I was saying name tags. A lot of ours had names, uh, but when you get up to 80 head, like my parents did, it's gets to be a lot. Uh, but you would look and see who had new marks. So you would see the marks on them. You'd be like, okay, she's bred. And usually you would take the ones that are bred already bred and put them in another pen. So then you have all these non-bred ewes. And then one by one, they go into the heat and heat. And this ram gets, I mean, at five to 30 to however many ewes he wants to breed. And so they would have a mark on their back and then we would get the date. And then the sheep's gestation is a lot shorter than humans. So if they're breeding in the fall, delivering in the winter, you can see how quick that can go. And they can have, it's really normal for them to have multiples like twins or triplets. Triplets are more rare, but twins are pretty common. And so we would have the dates and we would know, okay, this mom, she got bred on this date. Her due date is this. As their due dates got close, we would start bringing them into the safety pen. Or if she started to get some cervical mucus, their little bottoms start to drip and you can know, or she started to show signs of labor, or she just got really huge and then started to get low. Like when that baby drops, we would bring them in and- Oftentimes what would happen is that we would bring these laboring or these pre-labor use female sheep together into this pen. They would feel safe. It was warm. There was straw. They were inside and they would go right into labor or they would all like, there would be, there would be nothing for a couple of days. And then I, I would go check or my mom would come in and my dad, and there would be like all of a sudden all five of them together were having their babies. And it just got a little crazy and thank goodness for animals' sense of smell, because sometimes there were multiple babies just born in one pen when we would walk out and we'd be like, oh no, who's is who? But those moms always knew they were licking and nurturing and, and cleaning up their babies. And for protection of coyotes and wildlife, the sheep eat their placentas. 
I don't believe as a lactation consultant, it is for, and this is, this is hot topic. It is for their hormone and breast milk production, because it's actually the release of the placenta that triggers lactogenesis too, which is your milk supply. Um, so just a little bit of biology on, on consuming your placenta, but a lot of moms do it and have great success. And some moms choose when they, when they get going on it, if they're having trouble with milk supply, not to. So we will get into that at another time and place, but, um, this holistic point number two was you can give birth wherever you feel most safe. Number one was your baby, your rule book. Number three is you are a divine channel bringing a soul from heaven onto earth. Trust your intuition above anything else. Babies are cosmic. The moment of conception, when that baby was conceived in the woman's body, is like a hypothetical big bang theory happening inside the body. There is a body now from when sperm and egg meet being prepared. This is like, I feel it when I get this really intense feeling of the spirit, I feel like I'm going to cry. And as I talk about this, it's just like, let's slow it down and just digest this for a second. Sperm and egg meet. That starts the process of a physical body being prepared. At that point, it's a physical body, but there's a soul I talk about this in the spirit babies episode, a soul that already exists living in heaven to come join you on earth and your baby's soul, your soul, God chose you to be the vessel for this precious human life experience. So the moment of conception and during pregnancy, you know, that they say when I get to heaven, I'll ask God, but. Um, this is my truth and what I really, really have seen to be true in the energy field and working in energy healing sessions of like the baby's soul is near while the body, the baby's body is developing and the mom feels the connection. So yeah, moms, you're feeling connection with your baby because your baby's soul actually doesn't have to be in a body. Just like when, when our loved ones cross over, we can still very much feel them because the body, that connection is not independent of being in a body. And when baby is born at that moment of birth, that soul, and I always think like babies cry because they're like, I have so much light and I have so much soul and you put me in this little body and oh my gosh, earth is so weird. And now I feel gravity and oh my gosh, there's lights and ah, they're just like, what is this place? And they want to be close to mom. So think about this. You are a divine channel bringing a soul from heaven into earth. So you have, God has chosen you to be this baby's vessel. At the moment of conception, you literally are making a connection to heaven. And at the moment of birth and through birth, that connection is very strong. If you ask any woman, or you know this about yourself, if you've been pregnant, your intuition is off the charts when you're pregnant, because you are so open. You were literally, I just see pregnant women walking and in their aura, like they're their, their port, their aura is a portal. Like they are directly connected heaven and earth. There's no interference. It's amazing. If you have a question, if you need help sorting through something, ask the intuition of your pregnant friend, she won't give you the best advice. So if this is true, why can't you trust your intuition during your birth? And I get it. The moment that you are pushing a baby is not the time probably to, to work with it for the first time, but part of your birth prep process, your holistic pregnancy is to learn about your intuition and learn 
about connecting to her. And I have the place that we'll talk about just where you can do that. Birth is holy and so is your body. So don't ever let an expert's opinion or science override your body's holy ability to conceive birth and nurse a baby. The impossible happens in birth. Women who were told they could never conceive have babies. The only way to know for sure about anything surrounding conceiving, birthing, breastfeeding is to hone your intuition, ladies. Start connecting with the part of you that isn't very loud and doesn't live in a what to expect book. She holds your answers. Your intuition does. She holds your birth plan. She holds the best steps for your baby. Hey mama, whether you're trying to conceive your first baby pregnant with your third, or you're adopting your baby, this experience is for you. Jen, do you practice as a doula anymore? I receive this inquiry often, and I knew this question would come up after listening to this episode. I so wish I could physically be with all of the mamas in my life and in this healing community through their pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding journey. The truth is I can't, but there is a sacred third option that has been revealed to me in a way that I can continue to serve in this birth doula manner. I have taken all of the information from doula prenatal visits with mom and dad, home visits, prepping for baby, breastfeeding consultations as an IBCLC in the hospital, labor prep sessions, and functional medicine fertility visits I do now and compiled the must-know information into one place. I've also included a ton of bonuses, tools for the labor roadmap, when to go to the hospital cheat sheet or when to call your midwife, low intervention algorithm that will guide you through the best scenarios for you and baby, breastfeeding beyond basics ebook, and a hire your dream birth team questions to ask when interviewing your OB, your midwife, your doulas, and your nurses. Even if I can't be at your birth physically, I can surely help you create the pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding experience of your dreams. Sign up by the link in the show notes to receive more information about my live six-week I Am Women sequel course for all of your pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding needs. When you sign up for more information, you will be one of the first to receive the chance to register for this course with personalized guidance, and you're going to receive an incredible lineup of experts. I trust to guide you through this motherhood journey along with information and support from myself. This course is my most affordable offering to all mothers because every woman has the right to this information. Check out the I am woman program link in the show notes. Now back to this episode. If you're loving this, you can download the three things for your holistic pregnancy guide on my blog linked in the show notes and hang it on your fridge, put it in your birth plan, whatever you need to do. They're just little sweet reminders. And lastly, I want to close by going a bit further on about a mother's intuition. So my friend, Sarah B. Sorello, and I will be diving into this next week on the show, but here's what I want you to hear today. Every time you follow your intuition, you heal the women in your lineage who suppressed their knowing for safety. 
You bring life and words and meaning and healing to the women before you and the women beside you and the women after you who knew something in their spirit and their intuition and their knowingness. Because an expert or an authority or a whoever, whoosie whatsie, told them something, they denied their knowing. And I promise you, with conscious reflection, they thought about their knowing and thought their, and then remembered and validated, no, I was right. Jeff and I joke, we're like, my intuition's never wrong. It could be wrong. I'm always willing for it to be wrong. But when I have a knowing, it was like, we were driving in the car the other day and I'm like, Hey, careful around this bend. I think you're about to, we're going to see an animal. And I saw a bunny, but I judged myself and I'm like, come on, Jen, don't be like crystal ball predicting bunnies on the road. Sure enough, we turned the bend and there was a bunny. And he just looked at me. I'm like, it's never wrong. He's like, I know. (laughs) And so like, we have this men have it too. And it will be amplified when you're pregnant of like, trust yourself. Intuition will come in loud not loud. Intuition will come in strong, no nonsense. And then your ego is going to be loud right after it. It was like, I've been noticing it the last couple of days in myself after I had an energy healing session of like, my intuition gives me a thought as simple as what I want to wear. And then my ego comes in and is like, well, you shouldn't do this and this and this. And it tries to control and change it. The ego will never go away. That voice of judgment, but you can learn what it is and be like, Oh, no, no, I don't have to listen to that. So in your birth, you might be feeling like this is the best route for me. And then right after you hear what well, the doctor said this, and my partner thinks this, and my sister had this happen to her and blah, blah, blah. But that, that first voice of knowing she's always right. Your God-given intuition is the most important piece of your birth plan. Your divine knowing is the most valuable tool you have access to during your pregnancy and your Holy spirit within is the best piece of advice you could ever take for you and your baby. I have served women over the last decade through pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding, wearing several hats. So honoring the birth process as a doula, as a NICU nurse in a very medical place, labor and delivery at a birth center, a lactation consultant back at the hospital. I've seen the most beautiful birth outcomes as well as the most heartbreaking And the most beautiful were when a mother's education served as the support pillar for her guiding intuition during her motherhood, birth, pregnancy, name the scenario experience. The most brutal have been when a mother felt forced to surrender her empowered tapped in connection to an expert medical professional, taking the authority out of her hands and unconsciously claiming her power for her. Listen, ladies, we don't have to give birth in the current machine. We can still be a part of the hospital and not be a part of the machine. It's like saying cars are dangerous. Well, they sure can be, but who is driving, right? You're going to go in wherever you give birth or your home or whatever you decide, and you are going to drive. You're going to be empowered. You're going to be educated. You're going to be connected and tapped in. You get to call the shots. If you haven't listened to the last episode with Dr. Lizzie Kiefer, go listen, her story is so good. You're driving now, mama. So get in the birth seat and let's go. One piece of knowledge every woman needs as she journeys into motherhood is honing her intuition to be able to make best decisions for her birthplace and her baby. So if you're curious about learning how to utilize your intuition for your pregnancy, birth, breastfeeding experience, 
lean in here. I want to invite you to a place where spirit meets science, a place where both your intuition and your evidence-based research can coexist in harmony to be a leader of your pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding experience. The one of your dreams, the one your heart knows is possible for you. If this way of conceiving, birthing, and nurturing as a woman is speaking to you, I want to invite you to learn more about the I Am Woman sequel program. It's linked in the show notes. And I also want to invite you to submit your questions in the podcast forum surrounding pregnancy, birth, and breastfeeding so we can include your inquiries in future episodes. This podcast connects you to a healing community and a realm of possibilities that may have not been made possible to you before. This community is here to uplift and support you along your journey. And if you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe, leave a review so this message can reach the masses and more and more women can attune their attention to the possibilities for their pregnancy and postpartum. Thank you for being here. And remember, you now have the secret door into the world of the unknown for most women. I'll see you next week. Hey, real quick before you go, thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspire Health by Jen podcast. If you could do one thing for me and leave a review on either Apple or both Apple and Spotify podcasts, leave five stars, tell others about how this message is reaching you and serving you. Be sure to check out the show note links middaybitchin.com for my blog and inspirehealthbyjen.com on my websites where you can subscribe and receive free content, newsletters, bonuses, and podcast drop dates right into your inbox.